Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Eco Lawn Science. But I got some time today and um, I actually had a meeting with a, a potential client. I guess we'll call her a client at this point. She decided to go with us. But it kind of made me think about something that I thought would be somewhat valuable to you. So the scenario is this. Um, potential client calls me up. Nice, uh, high up on a mountain. Incredible view. But, you know, higher altitude, about 6,000 feet up. And she loves the nativeness. Uh, what I mean by that is... The things that drew her to this area, Park City, uh, Utah area, is the wild area, the nature. She does not want something too manicured. You know, sometimes you drive through suburban America and you see, you know, the same houses with a perfect lawn, with a fence, with the mulch beds that are clearly mulch, with the trees, you know, the look that many people love. Um, it's not for her, and I'm, nothing's right or wrong about that look, but for her, she did not want it. She was drawn to this area. She, I think, I don't even know how much land she had, hundreds of acres, literally a, a whole side of a mountain. But as you drive down these gates, you keep driving and driving and driving. You finally get to the house, which was amazing. But as you're going down, um, it was all native. It was sage and aspen trees and just really incredible. And so as we talked, you know, she we get to the backyard, and she's trying to figure out what to do with the lawn. She... In the past, it had a bunch of burn spots in it, big dead spots um, that started last summer. And she was just brought me in to say, kind of consult, hey, what can we do to get this looking great? And also with the flower beds, you know, she's got some invasive grasses coming through that are really starting to dominate. And anyway, so the first thing I do is I listen and I understand what they're going for. And this, and she, she stressed very many times to me that she didn't want that manicured. She called it the East Coast look. Um, she wanted it to be native. She wanted to encourage uh, lots of different varieties of plants. And, you know, not, she did not want a monoculture landscape, you know. And she didn't want to put the mulch down. And, you know, just really wanted to look natural, kind of flow out from the backyard, patio, to the nice bluegrass so she had about i don't know eight nine probably about eight thousand square foot of bluegrass behind with with fountains and rocks and just water dropping i mean it was really incredible and spectacular but anyway here we are there's this lawn that kind of wraps around all these um cool features and as we get to the back i see these massive dead spots and i'm looking at one area of the lawn so imagine sitting on someone's back patio and you're on the mountain and the water's running off and you've just got this really picturesque just dreamy landscape then you got some nice bluegrass that goes over with some stones you step over the pond the little stream so it's like a little bridge and then it hooks around and then the side of the house there's another piece of grass about 1500 square foot anyway after we were looking at it all and it really got damaged from summer we, we don't know exactly because it, it, it sounds like it started last summer and so here i am showing it in may and it's hard to if i'm in it and i catch the damage on spot i can see you know, is it spreading? Is there a vibrancy to the color? Is it an insect? Is it fungal? But at this point in the game, I'm showing up and I can have guesses, but I really am not sure it could be. You know, we had a really bad drought last summer combined with some insect or fungus damage. There's just a lot of things. Could be a sprinkler head. We did find that the sprinkler head wasn't hitting part of the area last summer. Anyway, so I, I couldn't give it an exact reason of why. But the question was, what do we do moving forward? And this is kind of what I thought was kind of cool. So we were talking, and so like I said, the main lawn right behind the house, around the patio, that kind of thing, it was pretty good. There was a couple sections that just got hammered, and so I encouraged her to resod those. And if she spends 100 bucks on sod, I'd be surprised. I mean, product, you know, it, it just wasn't a huge area. But then in that grass, it hooks off that extra 1,500 square feet. Three-quarters of it was damaged. It was surrounded by aspen trees. In fact, it was growing into the aspen trees, 
which you know we, we're trying to protect the trees and grass up the trees that's just a bad fit nine times out of ten and the trees are more important in this space to her than that grass the kentucky bluegrass which as you know doesn't isn't natural to this environment so anyway we kind of came up with some outside the box things we thought well three quarter of this is damaged so you either have two options one is you're going to come in and so resod all of it with kentucky blue but the problem is it doesn't really solve the problems i mean you know it's an area that she doesn't really walk on it's it was just there for aesthetics and so the thought occurred to us well what if we just you know since since it's majority of this lawn area is gone what if we just rip it out what if we xeriscape it and get rid of the high maintenance kentucky bluegrass that's kind of off to the side that's not really utilized the kids don't go there well there were no kids but the grandkids you know they don't go there and so it's just high maintenance it's high water and we're in a drought already you know high fertilization requirements mowing and uh, she went with it and so what we decided to do was she's going to rip out that whole little arm that side of the house um just because it just it didn't make sense and she's going to reseed it with some native grasses with some wild grasses that only have to be mowed once or twice a year you don't even need sprinklers on them that kind of thing and so i guess what got me thinking today was you know sometimes we fight nature right i mean here we are way high up trying to put something that doesn't want to be there and everything's against us i mean you know and the other thing i didn't mention she's got deer and moose that come on this spot you know and so after you look at everything and you go every year i'm fighting these spots i'm trying to do it i'm spending money using more resources what if we just shrunk the area of that high maintenance bluegrass which we're going to i believe to just right behind the house where you can really sit and enjoy it and and get the benefits of of nice bluegrass but minimize it and have it more controllable. A lot of times when you have these little strips and these curvy little sections, it's hard to get the sprinklers dialed in right. You know, that's just one of the, the drawbacks to these little areas. And so the main area is kind of more of an open, you know, four or five zones and it's done. I mean, uh, heads and it's done. And so kind of stepping back sometimes and saying, what really belongs here? And so that's kind of my thought for today as I, as we left it. And she loved the idea. I love the idea because I know the struggle that's ahead of her if we continue to do this. I really can't get her the results we want because we are fighting so much. We're fighting nature. And instead of fighting it sometimes, why don't we just go with it? So that being said, if there's any spots on your property, sometimes you fight nature. And maybe it's not just nature. Maybe it's your lifestyle. Maybe you're trying to have a perfect something, plants or landscape, right? off the back gate where or the back patio where your dogs go or the kids always play and they constantly are tra it's so much traffic you just can't get good grass or good plants to grow w whatever it is the thought is really look at your landscape and try not to fight nature but try to work with it you know and a lot of times people don't want to do that they just say oh this section of grass it's just struggles and, and i'll say well it's directly below this massive tree it's dropping pine needles it only gets a few hours of sun but every year you seed and every year you water and every year you fertilize for what? To keep ripping it out. Sometimes you have to step out of the box. I mean, I, yes, I am a grass guy. That's what I do. That being said, there are many times when I say to clients, nah, just rip it out. You know, it doesn't make sense to have it. It's, it's taking too much resources and not returning the value or it's causing you stress or we can't do it because whatever. It, here's another quick example. I was at another job today in Park City. Very nice gentleman in, in a great area. It's got older trees mature really um one of my favorite neighborhoods in the town and, and we probably do about 100 houses in this neighborhood or, or somewhere close to that um anyway we showed up and he has a great looking back lawn it's all kentucky blue it's got a lot of shade but then around the side of the house and then kind of on the off the back 
right side is just big dead spots. And he has he had two dogs that I saw, big ones. And these dogs were going through the bushes and ripping bushes out. I mean, they were having a blast. It was funny. He was showing me all the things that these dogs were, were destroying. But anyway, wherever the dogs ran from the front all the way down the side to the back to their entrance, dead. You know, just, just because of the compaction, because of the nonstop tearing up. And so he said, hey, what can we do about this? And I tried to explain to him, well, you can resod it if you want. But chances are you're not going to get the roots deep enough in time for the summer heat that's about to come um, to make a difference. And then he said, yeah, I actually resodded a piece here last year, and then it died in the heat of the summer. It looked great, That's because, and then it dies. That's because that's of the roots they did not establish. You could seed it, but to seed it, you know, you're, you have to keep all your pets off three, four weeks. You have to water properly, you know, five times a day, three to five minutes a time. Like, keep that seed moist for three weeks. That's not going to happen. You know, anyway, and so he kind of, he was disappointed in the answer. I didn't have another answer. But really, he wanted to do something that was against what he had. Because he has big dogs and, and kids that play and tear up the area. So instead of fighting it, you know, I explained to him, here's what I would do. And, you know, I would reseed, I would resod just these couple areas that the dogs didn't really go because we have a good chance of getting the roots deep. But with the seed, unless you're going to keep it off for a month and keep them wet and, every, you know, I wouldn't bother. I mean, you could put seed down, but, you're, you know, you, the chances of it coming up are very slim. So we kind of came to this point where the whole side where it was just dirt, there was no grass left. He's just going to, he's going to stone it. He's going to put some stones and some nice pavers. And then he's going to extend one of the beds out just a couple feet to where that dead piece of sod died last year. Because it was no sun. It was directly under multiple trees. Sometimes we got to think outside the box. And sometimes we have to open our minds to other things. You know, grass is, uh, it's a monoculture. And that is hard. It is one, you know. So sometimes you need to add some diversity. You know, have multiple types of grass. Again, nobody wants to hear it because it's not that perfect American look that we're looking for. But when you sit down and look at the economics of it, look at the impact of it, sometimes, you know, you've got to be open to making those changes. So if you have super hard areas, you know, maybe get creative. Maybe it's a fire pit. Maybe it's a gravel stone. Um, Again, you can, yeah, I told these both these people today, I can get the grass to work, but the amount of money and time, in my opinion, not worth it. And both of those agreed 100% after years of fighting. So anyway, take it for what it's worth. Um, but yeah, just look around, be creative, and don't be afraid to be different. Don't be afraid to rip out sections or downsize your grass and put crops, vegetables, um, you know, pollinating plants, just whatever, whatever you like mulch, sand, whatever it is. Uh, I'm not anti-grass, obviously. I love grass. I think there's a lot of benefits to the environment that grass has, but in moderation. And, you know, we're coming up against a very hot, we had very little snow and moisture this winter, and it's, it hit 81 today in May. So if we keep on that path, we are going to be in a drought probably by in less than a month, which would be the earliest since I've been here. So anyway, take that into consideration. Take the environment into consideration. I hope that helps you and have a great day. See ya.